Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I'm excited about this morning. Uh, we, my mom just came in and was like, I just want you to know we got more preschools than we've ever had ever back there. So that's really cool. So the youth that got up and walked out are not mad at me. They, they were calling in reinforcements. Uh, so that's just awesome. Uh, it's also really cool that we call our youth in for reinforcements that they're... Uh, see, here's one right now. Thank you. It's okay. Oh, I get a special order? You are awesome. All right. <laughs> now that's funny. I am not a snob with water, but that's okay. I know some of you are. <clears throat> My staff. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Wonderful. Today we're talking about um, the very pleasant thing that we all love to do. We're talking about weeding. Yeah. Can I get a... No? Okay. Um, speaking of weeding, if you have some extra time, and after the service is over, um, or this week if I've, I've, I've motivated you to do, to do this... Um, our, our new beautiful landscaping needs, you know, a little weeding. Um, 15, 20 minutes of your time would be fabulous. After today, the little sprinkle, the ground will be soft. It'll come right out like butter. All right? Uh, we, just, we just need a few. Um, the beautiful thing about having wonderful landscaping is it, it, it makes new volunteer positions um, and, and weeders. So anyway, <laughs> I made Jimmy uh, choke. That's great. But we're going to talk about weeding today. And I've been thinking about it. We're, th- we're in this conversation called Backyard Conversations where we're going through the book of Philippians. And I hope you've joined me in starting to read through the book of Philippians each week. I did it a couple times this week. Uh, just, I mean, it takes 15 minutes. It's not like, oh, he read the whole book of Philippians. He's holy. No, 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 no. It, it takes, you know, 10 minutes if you're, if you're reading slow on commercial breaks. Okay, you can do this. I promise. Uh, I would maybe dedicate some more time of distractions without commercials going on in the background. But... Um, really, really dive into Philippians, and we've been doing this kind of slowly, and we'll be doing this until September, going through Backyard Conversations. And we're going to kind of do a yard theme for the next three weeks. Uh, this week's going to be all about weeding. Next week's going to be about how to have the yard of the month. Uh, that might not be a thing here. I don't know if it is, but in Georgia, it is like the, you are sitting pretty if you get, the, get that yard. The HOA gives you the yard of the month uh, uh, sign, and people like are... They're vicious about the yard of the month thing. Anywho, that's for next week. Um, and so we're going to do that next week. And the week after following, we're going to talk about beware of dogs. Uh, where you have, everybody's got that neighbor that just lets their pit bull run around like a crazy dog. And like, we wonder why they bit their dog. I'm not talking about personal experience. If you have a pit bull, I'm sure it's lovable. Um, but don't be that guy who just says, oh, have fun. Um, anyway, I'll, that's for three weeks. I can get on that soapbox. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about. We're really going to delve into what it looks like to be a, a healthy person and how to have uh, just health in our emotional and spiritual lives. And so our takeaway for today, our tweetable thing, whatever you want, what you need to write down is to be healthy is hard work. Healthy comes from hard work. It's not easy. Uh, Kevin and I just completed a first round of P90X, and he had way better results than me. He's half the man he used to be here, uh, which we're excited, proud of him. Uh, people today were like, what's wrong with Kevin? Does he have a disease? No, 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 no. Uh, no, he's, being, he's just got it healthy. Uh, so we're, we're proud, proud of him. We, we just completed that. But let me tell you what, no part of this was easy. No part of that was easy. Like, we were like hoping for stretching day. And I was talking to somebody on the lobby today, and they're like, you're doing that P90X? That stretching day was hard. It was painful. I was like, yeah, even the easy day made me want to cry. 
Okay, so that's, that was, that was what's going on. But being healthy takes hard work. If you're ever, ever going to choose healthy stuff, it's almost always not the easy option. And today, especially with dealing with people in our lives, emotions in our lives, and spiritual attacks in our lives, it's hard work to be healthy. I'm telling you that from going in, but the rewards from it are just huge. Just like if you were working at getting your yard healthy, instead of having this overgrown jungle-like atmosphere, you have a beautiful manicure. Doesn't that feel good after you mow it and you're, you're, you can't breathe because of the allergies? But you're, you're out there and you're like, ah, yeah. And you just, the call of grilling a burger just comes to you, right? It's that, I just want to sit here and enjoy. My father-in-law used to call it basking. So when, there's one-third of time, if something took you an hour, you needed to be 20 minutes of basking afterwards. There was a, a proportion that he operated on anything, but especially with yard work. Basking needed to happen. And I feel like with yard work, it's the same thing, that healthy comes from hard work, and we want to just enjoy health. But when you have dandelions, and you have thistles, and you have clover overtaking everything, uh, it's a little harder to enjoy the backyard. It just, it just is. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're joining Paul in Philippians the verse for today comes from uh, Philippians 2. And we're going to start in verse 2 in that. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, and being of one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of excuse me, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you the interests of others. The next verse says... Have the same mindset of, as Christ Jesus. The same attitude as of Christ Jesus. Which is amazing to think about because Christ's mindset was sacrifice, restoration for everyone. And as we look at our lives and as we think about ourselves, and I think as Paul is looking at this church and he wants the best for this church, this is a church he's proud of. He's not yelling at. If you look in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians or some of the other uh, books in the New Testament, Paul is like, you guys are dumb. He doesn't say that, but you can infer it. He's like, what are you doing? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. What are you? Stop it. And it's kind of like a smack up the side of the back of the head. This is, Philippians is not written like a smack. It is written like a warm embrace and a hug. And he wants the best for this church because they're doing so many things right. He loves this church so much. He wants the best for them. And, and that's why when I like to read Philippians is, is to hear this, hear this, you can do better. Here you go. How do you do this? And so as I look at Paul urging these people to pull the weeds out of their life, don't, don't give in to this selfish ambition. Don't give in to this vain conceit. Your attitude needs to be just like Christ. Do you, you hear that in, in, in that? And how do we deal with that, though? Because this is huge. We have all kinds of things at work or at school or in our home or in our, uh, just our relationships that seem to pull us away from this ideal, this thing that we're striving towards of being, having an attitude like Christ, right? If you've ever come back from a day of vacation... And that, and the pile of paperwork and the to-do list and the people who've just been waiting to give you like things to do, <laughs> like wait, come home, come home, <laughs> okay, um, and and they go and you're like oh, it just keeps you from really delving into who you want to be and, and keeping the attitude. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about living well, and I had spent three days away from my family. 
Um, they even took the dog away from me. And we spent three days by myself, which interesting things can happen when Jared spends three, ta- three days by himself, totally. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on the message and working on the message. And I had just really been praying through uh, life and knowing that the, my kids are going to kindergarten for the first time. Um, not that they had to do two years of kindergarten. Anyway, uh, they're going to the kindergarten here next Thursday. This is a big deal for a dad, right? Big deal for everybody when your kid goes to school for the first time. Um, Oh, uh, but they're going to get, they're going to school. They're going to school here in just a couple more days. And I'm going, what, you know, what does that look like? Have I, have I cherished the time I've had with them? Have I, have I used that to the best of my advantage? And the answer came back and kind of smacked me in the face is you could have done better. I think that's always probably the answer, but I was like, you, you could have done better there. And so I'm sitting there, I'm driving to the three-hour drive to the lake to see my family I haven't seen for three days. I'm ready to like be the dad of the year, come in. And I come out of the car, and I'm like, hey! And no one talks to me. <laughs> not my wife, not the dog, not my kids, not my mother-in-law, not my sister-in-law, not my brother-in-law, not my nephew, not their dog, which I'm glad didn't talk to me because I don't like that dog anyway. <laughs> no one talks to me. I was like... I get on the roof because there's jobs to be done. I was like, fine, nobody going to talk to me. We'll get something done. Paul was like, mm-hmm, I got an amen right here. We, I get on the roof. I start patching some stuff that, that had fallen down. Still, I'm, I'm going to go through the roof. It's rotted. I'm like, hey, you need a new roof. Patching things, getting madder, getting madder. No one says a word to me. Finally, I get down. It's like an hour and a half. I have been there for an hour and a half. Finally, somebody acknowledges my existence. And it was like, hey, how are you? I'm like, awesome. I'm just going to get back in the car and go. And that whole night, like, my kids didn't want anything to do with me. I ordered, I never do this. I always, only child comes out, I order what I want, not what anybody else. Nobody can taste my food. It's mine. I will stab somebody. All right? That's just how... I don't think I have too many only child uh, traits, but that is one of them that has been ingrained in me that you don't touch my food. You people from big families, you know, you're like, what are you talking? If you turn your head, it's gone, right? Uh, so, <laughs> some of you are like, yeah, I got a fork wound. This is from 06. Uh, and uh, we do that, but <laughs> sorry. Uh, but they just didn't have anything to do with me. I ordered ribs. I, I, I'm mediocre on ribs. I'm not, I'm not a big fat guy. So I, like, I, cut, I have like lean steaks, I like lean, all those things. But ribs have a lot of fat in them, but my daughter loves ribs. It's like, you know what, I'll take one. She's going to get her kidsy, kidsy meal. But if we go to Texas Roadhouse, she orders the ribs. She eats more ribs than Kelly and my mom combined. Amen. And she's this tall, right? So, <laughs> so it's like a half slab is her size, and she puts it away. She doesn't touch the rib. Doesn't touch it, doesn't touch it. The waitress comes and takes her plate away that I had put half my ribs on, and my daughter never even took a bite of the steak of things. Like, come on, man. Put my son on my shoulder. He's like, oh, let me down, let me down, let me down. This is like our thing. I'm like, fine. I'm just like, I'm going to go have a pity party. Like, it, was, it was just all this attack, all this stuff. Like, I had committed to be healthy, to be a better dad. And it was like everything in the world went against that drive for me. And kids that you just came back from this, this trip, I'm going to tell you right now, it might have happened last night. And when you walk, because you were so exhausted, the first thing you did, instead of like, hey, mommy, you're like, I have nothing to wear. All right, you just came out with stuff, and you're like spewing it, and in the back of your head was like, that's not what Jesus just told me. That's not what I was, that's not even what I just chose to do. And now I, what happened? And the parents are like, mm-hmm, how'd he know? 
it's not my first rodeo, all right? But the same thing happens for us. If we choose to be healthy on this journey in Philippians, I'm going to tell you, things will happen. Weeds will come in your yard. My poor neighbor, my poor neighbor. My house is a foreclosure. It was abandoned for three years. So you can imagine what my yard looked like. It was like dandelion and clover paradise. It's where all dandelions start out with. If you wonder where they came from, they came from my yard. He's got an immaculate yard. He comes out with like tweezers and, and a scalpel and removes dandelions out. And it's gorgeous it's in our backyard. That poor guy, he must have just looked at my yard. And, like, and we have to, um, there was a purpose for that story, but uh, darn it. <laughs> yeah, there are weeds in my yard. We, we, have to, we have to attack those weeds with, with, with a vengeance in this. So anyway, we're going, going through this, and we want to talk about how to get healthy comes from hard work. And so going back to that, if any time we make a decision to start to get improved, it's going to be hard work. And sometimes the results vary upon user, right? They're not immediate. They're not immediate. All right. Spiritual weeds are weeds that keep us from being of the same mind, same love, and same spirit. Spiritual weeds are the weeds that keep us from being of the same mind, same love, and same spirit. As a church, this is who we're supposed to be. Maybe as a family, this is our goal for, for even in our, our actual biological family, but also in our community family, to be of the same mind. Isn't it beautiful when, when everybody's working together? When mom and dad are like, we, we, we've talked about this, we're working lockstep, and things are going well. You know when they're not of the same mind and the same spirit because things are like, and everything's jumbly and things get loud. Right? But when you're in the, those seasons of life, when you're in the same mind, the same spirit, and the same love, some of you are like, what is that? Um, it can happen. And by, what happens is weeds come in and keep you from being of that same mind, same love, same spirit. And this is what uh, Paul is wanting of his church in uh, Philippians. Let me tell you a story about a weed that wrecks things. This is actual weed. This is an actual problem that our country is having that you probably have no idea about. If you've driven to Florida, you have seen it, though. It's a thing called kudzu. Now, kudzu is Satan spawn, and it, it, it is what it is. But the thing about kudzu, here's a picture of kudzu. That's not what that's supposed to look like. The South, the South is one of the, the ecologically most diverse places in our country. It actually is. You've got mountains, you've got very arid areas, you have swamps all within a 500-mile radius. And you have all, nowhere else in the country is like that. It's, it's very diverse in its, in its uh, ecology. Kudzu does this. It blankets the area and just chokes out everything it comes across. It grows a foot a day. So each line, each vine grows a foot a day. So you can have a kudzu pot if you were that demented and you you had, you had kudzu and a, a little sapling or whatever you could come back go to sleep come back the next day and you would have a pot that was like this big and then you can imagine if you go away for the weekend what happens and so if you just get a very sapling and you're on vacation your backyard can be taken over by the time you get back from vacation that's what kudzu does uh, next slide on kudzu okay i got my pointer i'm always excited when i get my pointer this is a house you see that? You see the ridge line? That roof line? It's, it's like a tidal wave of vegetation. Is that your house? That's not my house. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus, because I still own that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but that is a house that's just been taken over by kudzu. There's no way grass, tulips, flowers, azaleas can grow in that, right? It just has destroyed it. Next, is there another slide? There's another, I think, a bigger one. Yeah, this is, I mean, you can see that's going on for a while. What about kudzu? It is, it chokes the life out of everything it covers. It is so shady for things underneath it that they can't get the light for it. It actually has a special bacteria that grows on it that changes the composition of the air around it that will kill other plants. It, the root systems are so invasive that after one gets down and it grows a couple feet, it'll start a new root system. And so if you go back and you're like, oh, I found the root, and you pull this up and you kill it, that one will go, and it does it again, and it does it again. The actual practiced way, this is going to sound very rednecky, and you're going to be like, oh, a Georgia person came up with this. This is the actual best practice of removing it. You cut it back, you mow it, you, burn, you cut it down as far as you can, you pour gasoline on it, and you light it on fire. Then you repeat that again because it will come back. Over and over and over again. Some of you are like, oh, I know where he's going with this in the spiritual application. We're going we're gonna to stay with this for a while, okay? This is what kudzu does. The other way you deal with it is that you, you put so much chemicals in the ground that you actually change the pH levels of the ground that absolutely nothing will grow there. So you're choosing, am I going to have kudzu and vegetation or am I going to choose not to have veg- vegetation there at all? And it's not like you can just grow next year. It takes years and millions of dollars to reclaim that land. It costs $500 million to reclaim this land. Power companies spend $1.5 million a year just to remove kudzu and repair power lines that it is messed up. That's just the power company. $1.5 million. $500 million for land reclamation. You can't grow anything in that, right? You want to hear the sad thing about kudzu? We invited it in. The government paid people $8 an acre to plant kudzu. From 1896 to 1956, it was best practices by the United States government to plant kudzu because of erosion control. Well, the land's not eroding. But it's destroying the South. It's destroying it. In our own lives, in how we deal with the stuff of our lives, maybe the the people and the thought processes and the spiritual attacks of our own lives, do we have weeds that are just destroying us? And here's the even harder question is, did we invite it in? Tolerance of weeds in our lives. Some of you are like, I don't have... uh, this big of a problem, Jared. I don't have kudzu going on in my life. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Tolerance of weeds is the acceptance of being strangled. <laughs> but tolerance of weeds is the acceptance of being strangled, right? I do not like to do yard work. I don't. I started, owned my first house in Georgia. It's a bad first experience with yard work. Because it's like mowing Satan's front yard when you have to do yard work. Because at 5 o'clock in the morning, it's already 95 degrees with 95% humidity. 
and, and you walk outside and you feel oppressed, okay? Um, I'm a little more amenable to yard work here because, like, oh, I walked outside and I'm not sweating yet, okay? So it's like, oh, I'm not suffocating. Okay, good. Um, and so that's a little bit better, but, but yard work, I don't, do not like it. I get it. It's genetic. My dad doesn't like to do yard work. Um, I don't like to do yard work. It's just what it is. But just because I don't like to do it doesn't mean I need to abide weeds in my yard. Doesn't mean that I need to allow stuff that doesn't belong there to be there and suck the nutrients out of my yard. A weed, by definition, is, is just a plant that doesn't belong there. A rose bush can be a weed if it doesn't belong there. But what, when it doesn't belong there, what it's doing is it's robbing, stealing, and killing the other plants around it because it's taking the nutrients and the oxygen and all the stuff, the nitrogen from the soil, uh, away from the stuff that you want there. Tolerance of weeds is the acceptance of being strangled. When you allow dandelions, clover, and thistle to, to rain in your yard, you're allowing it to kill the good stuff. When you allow people and thought processes and spiritual attacks to reside in your life, you are allowing something that doesn't belong there to strangle you. Tolerance of weeds is acceptance of being strangled. Told you it's going to be hard work. Sometimes we invite weeds in, like kudzu. Dandelion, I think, is the same way. We invited that somebody's like, oh, it's a yellow plant. Let's bring it over from Europe. I think that's the mythology behind the dandelion. Good job on that one, right? But a dandelion will blow wherever it wants. After it goes to, and you're little kids, and you see the pictures, and they're huffing and puffing on it, and you're like, stop! <laughs> Go do that over there! <laughs> you go to a public park, and you like, blow as many dandelions as you want. At your house, don't you touch those things, right? Uh, maybe, maybe that's just me. Oops. Um, the parks department's like, oh. The dandelion, dandelions do the same thing, but they blow wherever you want. They, you can't control what, what, that, what that looks like. Oh, man. All kinds of weeds in our life get here different kinds of ways. Healthy comes from hard work. Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit, rather than humility, Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but the, each of you the interests of others. Get rid of the weeds of selfish ambition. Get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the weeds. Be the same mind, same love, same heart. And that's who I want you to be, Paul says. So who or what are the weeds in your life? The first one that might be a weed in your life is there's people in your life are weeds. There's a theological term that one of my volunteers came out with. They called him a joy sucker. A joy sucker. And, uh, and just kind of people where if they walk in the room, they walk into your house, they, they're around, even on Facebook, they text you. You can start to feel your mood, your joy, your love. It's like somebody just turned on a vacuum cleaner, right? You, you, you know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, you might want to, if you're never around anybody like that, check yourself and make sure that you're not that person. But people in your life can, can be weeds. And so we can't control when people come in our lives. They, they're like the dandelions, right? They, somebody blew them, and they just floating. And when they show up, they look maybe pretty at first, and then they turn into, ugh. Right? And, and, and I don't want to be judgmental towards people. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying, identify the people that are, are just sucking the life out of you. 
Maybe the people that are ruining your, your attitudes. The people that just take so much work to be around. The people that drag you down. The people that, that keep you from being able to engage with Christ. People that keep you from being able to engage with anybody in a healthy manner. What's the way you deal with dandelions? You can spray it with chemicals and kill it. I don't talk about going around spraying people with chemicals. That would probably be bad. But you have, to, you have to spray it. You have to dig them out. And sprays don't even usually work, right? There was one at the church here. It was like the uber dandelion. I do not understand how this happened. It was this wide, and the stalk was like three inches wide. One stalk, and it was like, this man, like a sunflower crossed with a dandelion. It was so weird. It had all these things. I got that one before it turned white. Thank you, Lord. But it was just so weird. But this one little, you know, flower that we think is okay, we let it go, and all of a sudden it's taken over your whole yard, and your yard's turned yellow. Sometimes you have to call in for outside support. We, here at the church, we were having some issues with some weeds, and we had to call in. Um, we were trying to stay on top of it, but we, we called in somebody to spray the yard. And they said, if not in two weeks the weeds aren't dead, you, need to, you call us back and you get a free spray. Let me tell you, we've taken advantage of that several times. But look at it now, it's pretty. Right? We keep on, we got to keep on top of that stuff. And people are the same way. There's people in your life that you start to, you think you've gotten them out of your life, and then all of a sudden they, boop, they show up and that yellow head comes up. And you're like, Where did you come from? How are you here? How did that work? You got to cut, dig, work them out. You know, sometimes dandelions, I remember, I remember one of the times, uh, my mom was sick. We were in California, and I found a dandelion, and I took it, we had these brown cups. And I found a dandelion, and I pulled it out, and I put dirt in the cup, and I planted the dandelion, and my mom was like, oh my gosh, I cannot throw away. Like, she'd just come home from the hospital. I can't throw away Jared's dandelion he just gave me. That thing lived forever. That thing lived, she's like, why don't it just die? There's a thing with dandelions and people like that. We can't just ignore it. Like, we try that, we ignore it, we're like, oh, they'll get better. It doesn't happen, people. It doesn't happen. Instead of getting better, they turn to seeds and they start taking over more and more and more and more of your yard, of your life. Removing them, healthy is hard work. Second thing I want to talk about is thought process, thought patterns. Thought patterns might be the weed in your life. Thought patterns. When you, your default is, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not talented enough. Those are thought patterns that are weeds in your life that are, are sucking the joy, sucking your potential, sucking about who you can be out. And thought patterns, I, I liken them to the, the plant clover. I have clover running amok in my yard. I've been fighting a losing battle. Because you think you have clover contained, and you get it down, and it's like one little white little thing. It rains once, and your whole yard's back to being clover. And that happens. Thought processes are the same way, right? We fight that battle, that one spot. You're not good enough, that self-esteem issue, that whatever it is. We fight it, we fight it, we fight it, we fight it. And then all of a sudden, we can think we have it down. A month or two, we're doing good. It rains. It storms. It takes over the whole thing. You got to keep on. Keep on and keep on after it. I think 
we think that we should just pray once or think, oh, that's, I'm not going to think that anymore and it should all be over. Healthy is hard work. And I alluded to this with the dandelions, but sometimes we need outside help. Sometimes you need to call in a professional. Some of you need to go to counseling to help you with this stuff. And that's okay. It didn't make me less of a man because I called the, the weed be gone dude. Right? I, I, that, that didn't take away from who I am because I was like, I need somebody who knows what they're actually doing around here. Sometimes we need to get extra help with that. But our thought patterns have to get reclaimed. They have to get healthy. We have to remove these weeds so we can have the life that God wants us of being same mind, same love as Christ, with our attitude the same as Christ. How do we get there? By removing these weeds. And finally, spiritual attacks. Now this is one of the, this is the mean one. The spiritual attacks on our lives are, are brutal to who we are. And they attack us in the most personal ways. And they're probably the hardest weeds to get rid of. They're the, they're the weeds that hit you right where you live. Like you're the weakest spot that you have. In my, uh, I didn't really prescribe to generational curses or generational problems my whole life. And I'm still kind of, the theology of it, I'm still trying to work out. But I was talking to a mentor on an airplane ride one time. And he said, so what, what's the generational thing you've been dealing with? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I looked at him and I said, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what that would be. He was like, well, yeah, you do. What, are you, what do you struggle with that your dad struggles with, that his dad struggles with, that his dad struggles with? And I was like, oh, that's easy. We have tempers. It's like you, housers and have tempers. That's, they're synonyms, <laughs> right? And, and he goes, oh, we got to work on that. He said, where do you think that comes from? I was like, I have no idea. He's like, well, what about your grandpa's dad? I was like, we don't know him. He's like, oh, so it becomes from abandonment. I was like, why are you picking on me? Right? And so he, we started talking about it. He's like, I'm going to start praying for you and your, your temper and, and how you deal with that. And the, generationally, how you get removed from that. Because Satan, he, he's going to see you and go, hey, I know I can, Jared's going to make five steps forward. But if I attack his temper and make him lose his cool, he's going to lose his witness. And I get to negate him. And so this is different than thought patterns because thought patterns just kind of kind of go and, and they deal. And they, they're serious things, but, but spiritual attacks hit you where you're weakest and they hit you where you can be uh, the most effective for the kingdom of God. Does this, this make sense? Let me tell you, I, my temper is not perfect, but ever since that day, there's been a shift in me. And I would say, Kelly will tell you. You can ask Kelly. She's known me for 16 years. Who, who Jared is now since he was a 17-year-old boy to who he is now. What is he like? And there was a big shift when Pastor Kevin started praying against my temper. And deliverance from that. Now you can ask my staff how I do with the rest of it. But we struggle with that. And it keeps on coming back. And I'll always struggle with a temper. I will. And it's always on my radar to start thinking about. And maybe you have different, different things that 
hopefully you're thinking about, yeah, this is my spot. This is that thing that, that always attacks me. I equate this with thistle. I don't know if that's the right word, but those little green things with little spikies on it, and even the roots have spiky on them. I go, how mean is that? That you finally, ah, I win. Ow, come on, man. The thistle. I was dealing with thistle really bad in our front yard. In the front corner of our yard, we had thistle all over the place. And you know what I did last year? This was my response to thistle. I told my kids, don't go in that part of the front yard anymore. Let me tell you something. That thistle does not pay the mortgage. That thistle did not pay any of the money. It does not own this property. But what did I do? I relinquished control of my own property to a stupid weed because I didn't know how to deal with it and I didn't have the courage to deal with it. Some of us have weeds in our lives that instead of dealing with the things, even though it's going to be hard work and it's going to be painful and you're going to bleed, we relinquish our life to it. We retreat in it. That is our yard. That is your life. It's not that weeds, and we do this with spiritual attacks. Do you know what you do with a thistle? This is my, my thing. You pull it out, you nuke it, you dig around it, and then you nuke it again. You, you do everything you can. I don't care if the grass doesn't grow around the thistle. I don't care. Just, I get the yard burner stuff. You know, like those things that'll kill bushes. Because I don't want those things. They're painful. I want to be able to walk with peace in my yard with my shoes off. That is not too crazy of a, of a requirement of my yard, right? But you step on those, it ruins your whole day. Your kids step on it, it ruins their whole day, which then ruins your day. You got to remove it. You have to attack it with a vengeance. You don't, let, you don't let thistle just grow. It's not benign like a dandelion or clover. Okay, it's ugly. Yeah, it messes your yard, but thistle just, it attacks. It's an offensive weed. Are we relinquishing controls of part of our lives just because we, we don't want to deal with it? We don't want to attack it. Maybe we don't even know how to attack it. I don't want to relinquish parts of my life of all that God has for me because there's a weed there. As we go from here today, I want to pray for the strength to remove the people in our lives that need to be removed. Strength to remove the thought processes that need to be removed. And strength to deal with the spiritual attacks in a healthy, God-honoring way. Am I asking you to be a jerk to everybody you know now? No. But we need to be very, 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 very sure of are we allowing good things to be in our yard? Or are we letting good things be in our, in our life? Healthy is hard work. We're going to take communion here in a moment. And I think today is a fantastic day to take communion. If you are a believer in, in Jesus Christ, you are, are invited to take communion with us. We have open communion. Um, the requirement is you claim Jesus as your Lord. Uh, pretty, pretty tough, uh, stringent uh, requirements we have uh, for that. <clears throat> is grape juice and, and bread. And we take communion to signify our, uh, what God has done for us in remembrance of who he is and, and what he's doing in our lives. And as we think about the weeds in our lives, I think as we take the bread 
and as we t- drink the grape juice, as we think about what He's done for us and ask Him and think about our lives and kind of ponder who we are and who we're becoming and who we're going to be, God, will You help me remove these weeds? Will You help me remove this stuff? Will You take it? And some of us, we don't have the power to do it by ourselves. We need to call in outside help. For some of us, we need to pray, God, I... Jesus is used all the time as a gardener in the New Testament. And this word picture of a gardener is someone who prunes back and, and, and takes care of and removes the bad stuff out of the, the vineyards. I think that same metaphor can be used for us today. Some of us need the gardener to come in and start to prune and work on our own lives. And if that's you today, follow me in this simple prayer. All of us need the gardener in our lives, but follow me in this simple prayer. God, I ask you to start pruning me back. God, will you show me the weeds of my life? God, I ask you to be the gardener, to be my Lord. Right now, Lord, I submit myself to you. I submit my life to you. I say you're in charge and I'm not in charge. I want to be of the same mind as you, the same love as you, the same life as you. I want to have your attitude from this day forward. God, some of these things we've talked about today are going to be painful. They mean getting rid of some people in our lives. They mean letting go of some past hurts. They mean giving over some dark parts of our lives. Lord, we submit it to you right now. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, guys, come on up. As we take this, this grape juice and this bread, I want us to, to ponder what it's like. Where are the, uh, where's the hard work going to be in as we chase after healthy? How can we, what do we need to do this week to become the person that God is calling us to be? Take on your own. We're going to do some uh, worship here, but take the communion on your own time. And uh, then I will come back up and dismiss us in a moment. Let, let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this time and this, this moment. Lord, we ask you to bless us and guide us in all that we're doing. Lord, I ask you to <clears throat> anoint this moment as we take this cup and we take this bread that you would work inside of us, that this would be a holy moment for us, a moment in which we sense you, in which we feel you, and in which we go from this place changed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.